wonder why you feel the way you do? We'll get to know your emotions. When things go wrong, anger is there. This is anger. He will make sure the world knows anger is in control. But what you really need to watch out for is when he's out of control. Get to know your emotions. Uncontrolled emotions. Have you ever had a moment like this, what we just saw, where you just get so angry? Maybe you're the type of person that you need your coffee in the morning before you even socialize. Maybe you're married to a morning person. Anyone married to a morning person? You know, I remember I had this genius idea when, when I got married. Uh, I'm the morning person, and I had this genius idea as a newlywed. I was like, you know what? My wife doesn't need to hear the alarm in the morning. She needs to hear her husband's voice. <laughs> and, and so being a morning person and her not being a morning person, I was like, you know what? Instead of giving that alarm, I'm going to give her me. That's what she needs in life, more of me. And so what I did was I proceeded as she's sleeping there peacefully, drooling just a little bit. <laughs> I grab my acoustic guitar because everyone loves a rock star. And I just go, wake up! And she gives me this look of just pure love. Um, or, or something else. And all the men here are totally like, hey, brother, I tried it once too. It didn't work. I feel you. But maybe we've had these moments of anger, these moments that have really frustrated us and it's really gotten on our nerves. Maybe it's the, the Raptors just losing if you're a sports fan. You know, three passions in my life, God, people, and sports. And so the Raptors lost. It was too soon, Rick, maybe? Okay, too soon. Maybe it was that that got you angry. Or maybe it was a, a friend or a family member, you know, that, that crazy uncle or uh, a co-worker who did something that made you so angry inside. Or maybe you actually know someone who has a lot of moments like what we saw up on the screen. And th if they're in the room, please do not point them out. We're not about pointing fingers here at Portico. Um, but we have these moments of anger, and we need to figure out how to control them, because these are natural emotions. You know, when we look at emotions, they're actually not a bad thing. Our emotions aren't wrong. In fact, I read a great book by Dr. Mullen called Emotionally Free, and he actually says that emotions are one of the fundamental God-given building blocks of our personalities. That, you know, sometimes we can actually look at our emotions and we can, we can stop and we can just see these people acting out or we can see these situations where emotions are rising and we're looking and we're going, God, why did you create emotions? Or maybe, you know, you're looking at your, your two-year-old freaking out and you're like, God, why did you help me to create this person? Why? These emotions, they're, oh... It's driving me nuts. But if you think about it, emotions actually make us sticky. Emotions actually make us want to be in relationships. 
If it wasn't for emotions, we would actually be in relationship with one another. We'd be married, you know, find a spouse only for the tax bracket, right? For the break. <laughs> we would maybe, <clears throat> we would have kids only to have helpers serve us around the house, you know, to clean up. I know some of you are here like, whoa, you know kids who clean up in the house? Either way, we need to understand that emotions are actually very important to God. And as a result of them being important to God, they have to be important to us. So we need to make sure that emotions, our emotions, are healthy and not uncontrolled. So this week, uh, I want to I wanna start off by saying, hello, it's great to be here. We are continuing on our new series uh, called Heroes and Villains, and we're going to actually look at the life of Cain. So if you can open your Bibles to Genesis 4, I was told that you also have uh, your Bible apps, your Portico apps. Uh, if you want, there's also Bibles in the back if you forgot yours. Um, and for those of you who are new that don't know where Genesis is, go to the table of contents at the front of your Bible, get to your table of contents, and then flip the page. And there is Genesis. All right? So Genesis 4, and we're actually going to start at verse 3. But before I go there, I just want to introduce myself. Hello, I'm Daniel. I am the student pastor at uh, Portico, as well as the young adults, with my wife, Rachel, who is uh, the best part of me. And, uh, well, you heard the story earlier. She puts up with me a lot. She has a lot of patience. Um, but we've been here at Portico for just over two years now. And despite what Rick says, we've been trying to come here way sooner than that. When I found out that I was going to get to come to Milton on a Sunday, I was so excited. So it is great being here. The weather is great. And I'm just looking forward to a good morning. Anyways, let's start. Genesis 4, and we'll start at verse 3. It says that in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. He was upset. He was depressed. He was sad. For those of you who are here that have siblings, you're already starting to really relate with this topic. Maybe you are remembering times in your life, in your childhood, where you actually remember giving a gift to your parent on Christmas, or your sibling giving a gift, and your parent actually liking their gift more than yours. But stay with me, okay? I've been there, you've been there, we totally get it. Let's move on. But we see here that Cain is visibly upset. And we have to ask the question, why didn't God accept his gift too? So check this out. You have one brother in Cain who gave some of his crops as an offering to God. In other words, we look at this situation. Uh, if you go to Tim Hortons, if you're a Starbucks person, forget that. But if you're a Tim Hortons person, because we're Canadian, yeah. thank you. If you're a Tim Hortons person and you go to Tim Hortons drive through right now, when you walk in, when you walk in, they're going to ask you, hey, would you like to donate to Camp Days, right? I don't see Starbucks doing that, okay? <laughs> Anyways, 
But you go in there and they say, do you want to donate? Some of us were like, hey, you know what? I've got a couple extra bucks. Absolutely, I don't mind donating. You know, there's nothing wrong with the donation. There's nothing, you know, we're not putting a whole lot into it. Our heart is just, yeah, sure. You know, I've got some extra dollars. Absolutely, I don't mind donating. But then you've got the story of Abel, where he gave actually what the Bible says was the first and the best of his offerings, of his flock to worship God as gratitude and thankfulness. And so you already see the difference in their heart's attitude toward God. One gift was costly, while the other gift wasn't. And what resulted was uncontrolled emotion out of Cain's part. You actually begin to see Cain's heart in this story. It was a heart filled with bitterness, with anger, with jealousy and discouragement. Feelings, I'm sure, each one of us here has felt on a regular basis before. And some of these emotions can just be a phase. You know, we encounter difficulties, but then we move on. We, we grow out of them, we, we move forward, and we respond accordingly. Hopefully like our teenage years. But that's not always the case. You know, it's prom season coming up soon. Uh, some of you already had prom. Uh, I don't know about you, but that is drama fest. And so if you are a parent that has your kids are here and they're getting ready for prom or they're going to be getting ready for prom, uh, seek counseling immediately. We offer that at Portico. We are here for you, helping people find their way back to God. All right? But we grow out of these things. But sometimes, actually, we carry this negative baggage with us. Whether this is something new or you've carried a long time, uncontrolled emotion starts when we ignore spiritual direction. In our story with Cain, we find a seed of anger growing in him because of the outcome of the gifts that were given to God. In Genesis 6 and 7, it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will I not accepted? Will you not be accepted? And I absolutely love this part of the story because of how quick God intervenes on behalf of Cain. And he speaks to Cain in order to show him the right way, how to live. And the same is with us each here today. God has given us his word and his Holy Spirit to direct us in how to live, how to love, and how to respond in a healthy manner when we face difficult times. For example, if you look in the Gospels, Jesus clearly outlines the dangers of harboring anger in our lives. Matthew 5.21 says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. This is just one example that God gives us of spiritual direction and the dangers associated with anger. But unfortunately, sometimes we can allow our emotions to get out of control. Someone can push us just enough that we lash out or we get aggravated or, or something starts to fester and grow inside of us. It happens. And so as a result, we all ignore spiritual direction. Actually, <laughs> I remember when I was a teenager in high school, I'm in I'm grade 11, 
and uh, I started working out a lot. Uh, I was at the gym probably two, three hours a day, uh, sometimes even twice a day. I was single and looking. Okay, at this time, they didn't have Christian Mingle. There was no eHarmony. There wasn't even Facebook, okay? So if you wanted to go out and find someone, you had to do it yourself, and you had to make sure you looked good to do it, okay? So anyways, I started going to the gym, and naturally, I got bigger, okay? Some of you are looking now, and you're just like, what happened? All right? Truth is, is I started to like skinny jeans, and I had to, you know, keep on buying pants, new pants, and then, and then I would rip them, and it just wasn't a good situation. I had no money, and I basically ran out of money. But uh, anyways, uh, I started working out a lot, and, and, and I was noticeably getting bigger, so much so that my older brother actually was, was noticing this. And one day, he just kind of calmly walks into my room, and being the older brother, you know, at that time, you know, somewhat annoying, right? He looks at me and he goes, you on steroids? Are you on the roids, right? And I look at him and I'm like, what? No. What are you talking about? And I just need to clarify just in front of everyone here, no, I was not, okay? I was straight. Don't worry about that. That's what they all say, right? It hasn't come out yet, so we're good. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, he kept on asking me every day. He was like, hey, you doing it? You on, you, you on steroids? And I'm, I'm looking, and I'm like, dude, you just got to get out of my room, back off right now. Well, he kept on doing it. And so being the, the baby of the family, do we have any babies of the family here? Anyone? Yep, thank you, thank you. It's great to see you. Babies are always the better looking of the crew, so <laughs> right on. So anyways, as naturally as the baby of the family, I did the only thing I knew possible. I went and told mom and dad, right? <laughs> and so I told them, and I was like, he's saying this, and it's just driving me so mad. And so my parents looked at me, and they said, listen, you need to, you need to ignore him. Just go and tell him your feelings, and then move on. And I'm looking at them like, share my feelings? I'm a guy, right? Like, we don't share feelings. We don't even share food, right? Like, what are you talking about? So anyways, the days keep progressing, and, then, and uh, my brother keeps on doing this to me. And he gets to the point that I've just had enough. I, I can't take it anymore. And he's with his friend, and he comes up to me with his friend, and he goes, hey, you, uh, you, on, the, you on the stuff? And I got so mad. It was that final straw. And there was a door right beside me. And I just, I wound back and I just punched with everything I could because I was so upset. And I split the door in two. All right? Seriously. Right? I was so mad and I split. And he looks at his friend. He's like, see, roid rage. (laughs) But you need to know I'm not that guy. I am literally not that guy. L- let me show you this, okay? When it, when it rains, okay, you see on the driveway, there's all those worms, right? I walk around the worms, okay? <laughs> like, I'm not that guy, all right? When you see, hold up, when you see spiders, right, we'll have spiders in our house, and my wife will be like, get it out, right? I'll see those spiders. I won't kill them. I'll release them to the wild, 
right? I'm not that angry guy. You know, when there's a mosquito, I'm like, drink up, friend, it's yours. Okay, but that's actually not true. That's not true, you know? And especially when there's a cockroach, I just smash that thing to bits, okay? But I'm not that guy, right? And, but in this moment, I didn't listen to my folks. I didn't listen to that direction I should have, the instruction that would have guided me and helped me through this. Instead, I ignored their instruction. I lashed out. And in the same way, what happens when you continue to ignore spiritual direction, your uncontrolled emotion eventually clouds your judgment. It clouds our judgment when we start to ignore these things. In our story, God warns Cain of this. In verse 7, if you follow along, it says, uh, God, God talks to Cain and he says, uh, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Isn't it fascinating how in this story, Sin is actually personified as a living and active creature. It's ready to pounce at every opportune moment in your life. And like Cain, you and I have a choice how we deal with these situations, how we deal with anger. We can either allow sin to dominate our life, or we can choose to not accept that temptation to sin and resist it. There is no middle ground. You all know this. There's, there's, there's no middle ground. You either will or you won't. There's no third option. It actually it reminds me of a, a funny story when I, was, uh, when I was talking to a friend. He was telling me how an older lady who had been driving her brand new car around a crowded parking lot, I'm assuming it's Christmas. Everyone hates driving around Christmas time, right? Uh, anyone here an early shopper for Christmas? My, my father-in-law just called me up the other day saying, hey, what would you like for Christmas? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's May, right? Anyways, so this lady was, was driving around in a crowded parking lot. She finally found a spot to park, to back in, when a young man dashed into the spot before her. Sound familiar? Some of you are like, I lived that the other day. It drove me nuts, right? But as he got out of his car and was walking away, the lady called out and said, hey, I found that spot first. What gives you the right to take that spot from me? And looking back, the man smiles at her and he says, because I'm young and I'm quick. (sighs) Right? Hulk smash, right? Like just... Are you kidding me? Well, anyway, the man starts walking away. And as he's walking away to to get into the, the store, all he hears is the violent crashing of a car hitting another car. And he turns around and he sees this woman and she realizes that she's caught his eye. And she yells out, that's because I'm old and I'm rich. You know, sometimes, sometimes we can actually be driven to anger. Without emotion, we can lash out and not think clearly, which is why scripture actually instructs us 
to be aware of our surroundings, to be aware of an enemy and his schemes, to be aware and see the potentials and the obstacles that could arise, and when they happen, that we would handle them in an emotionally healthy manner. The Bible actually says in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Be ready, be ready. Don't be confused. Be ready and aware that something could happen. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We need to remember that there is an enemy and it's real. He is real and he is looking for you. He does not want you to be emotionally free today. He does not want you walking in victory today. He does not want you to be living a healthy emotional life today. And he will do anything possible to take your life and the life of those you love. That's the reality of this enemy. But there's hope in all of this. Because we need to remember that when we encounter temptation, the Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And check this out. And God is faithful. Let's, hear, let's, let's just think about that today. And God is faithful. He's faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, it says that he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. We must learn how to rule over sin and temptation and control our emotions. That when obstacles come our way, and they will, and we know that to be true, but when they come our way, we need to be looking to a faithful God who is providing a way out for each one of us. Because when you allow, when we allow uncontrolled emotions to cloud our judgment, eventually, what happens is it results in disaster. Tragically, this was Cain's story. Genesis 4.8 says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Just think about the anger. Think about the undealt with issues that were going on in his heart at this moment. Think about the reality of some of the issues that maybe you and I are facing today where there's this thing stirring up and we just can't let it go. Look what happened with Cain as a result. He attacked his brother and killed him. And a similar story you actually have in the Gospel of Matthew when the the word had reached King Herod that the Messiah was born who was to establish his kingdom on earth Herod, not wanting to lose his throne, devised a plan to trick the Magi in order to find the Messiah. However, the Bible tells us that the the Magi saw through it. And in Matthew 2.16, we see that when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. You know, today we can, we can look at these two stories and we visibly see the destruction uh, that is a result of uncontrolled anger and think, well, I'm not as bad as that. 
You know, this anger that I have towards my brother or my sister, this anger I have towards my job or, or these people or those things, it's not as bad as these two stories. It's, it's not the same. It's different. It's totally different. But I'll tell you this. If I've learned anything in life, if I've learned anything, it's this is that without a healthy emotional life, without a life devoted and focused on living out Christ's teachings, I am capable of anything. You, we, are capable of anything. Things that we never thought possible, things we never thought we would do in our lives. In other words, without Christ, our sinful nature can drive us to do unthinkable things. You know, and history would actually agree with this thought. Just look back at communist Russia, China, Cambodia, and the Nazi regimes of the 20th century. We see such anger that resides out of unchecked, uncontrolled emotions, and the result was millions of lives lost. Even today, we see anger on the roads. Maybe you were driving here and you saw someone with road rage. You know, we even see it in our schools. We see it in our communities. We see it in our workplaces. Just such anger. We see it in our families. And what breaks my heart is, yes, we even see it in our churches. Maybe you've been hurt today by someone in the church. Maybe you're the person here who has wronged someone and you got angry and you lashed out and it hasn't been resolved yet. The Bible actually says in in Proverbs 25, 28, it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Cain lacked self-control. He let his emotions go unchecked And he refused to listen to God. He refused to listen to his instructions and disaster followed as a result. And it not only affected him, but it affected those around him. Sadly, after Cain kills his brother, God confronts Cain again, asking him a question that sounds all too familiar that that what God asked Cain's parents years before. In Genesis 4-9, The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And naturally, Cain responds to God and says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And you see, eventually uncontrolled emotions tend to continue traveling in a downward spiral and ultimately abdicates responsibilities. You see it in Cain's words. Am I my brother's keeper? Why are you looking at me? Why are you even talking to me about this? What, what, do, you think, do you think it's my fault? Maybe these, are all too, uh, these words are all too common that you've heard or maybe even you've said. And often when we have to deal with the consequences of our anger, we tend to deflect the blame elsewhere rather than taking responsibility for our actions. And this is where we start to see division in, in our relationships, in our families. We quickly see how anger 
splits up families, how anger splits up siblings, how uncontrolled emotions start to separate us and we start to be removed from everyone else. You even see it in the New Testament with Paul and Barnabas, two of, two of the mighty men of God that went out and shared the good news and literally the gospel as a result of these two guys spread around like wildfire all through the known world. They were that, they were that filled. They were that called and they were that uh, energetic and passionate about the gospel. But even these two had a division because of an argument of who they wanted to take on a ministry journey. We actually see it in Acts 15, 39, that says they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. You know, maybe, maybe you're here today and you're having trouble with God. You feel separated because there is something in your life, there's anger in your life, or there's a person in your life that you need to apologize to because of your uncontrolled emotions. Matthew 5, 23 to 24 says that, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Heather, if you can come up and the band. Maybe you're here and this message actually resonates with you. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to ask forgiveness for. Maybe there are some uncontrolled emotions that need to be dealt with in your life. In our story, Cain couldn't control his emotions. He couldn't control them and it resulted in disaster. But let me tell you today, church, this doesn't have to be your story. It doesn't have to be your story. You see, when Jesus lived on the earth and he reflected these things called the fruits of the spirit that we read about in Galatians 5.22, and it talks about possessing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We see that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit and operated in the fruits of the Spirit. He lived a life that pleased his heavenly Father, whereas Cain's actions and his heart did not receive the approval of God. And you need to know today that we can't produce the fruit of the Spirit on our own. It needs to be yielded to the work of the Spirit within us. When we try to produce it on our own, we end up with the fruit of Cain. But for you today, taking hold of your emotions, running from temptation, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you, you can let go of the baggage of uncontrolled emotions, uncontrolled anger that is in you, you can let go of it for good and find rest and acceptance in the Father's care. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and faithfulness in our lives. I thank you that you are faithful. You are a faithful God. And we know we'll face circumstances that our emotions will be tested. 
that our emotions will be tempted and we'll either choose what is right and what is wrong. But I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give us the discernment and the wisdom that your spirit rising up in us would give us the wisdom and the strength to do what is right to respond in an emotionally healthy way that is led by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for everyone here as we just begin to sing this song, that if this is them, they feel like there is something in their life that needs to be dealt with, Lord, that they need to surrender over to you. I pray, Lord, that they would do it wholeheartedly. And in Jesus' name, they would find victory they would find victory. Amen.